0: Sometimes when when I get with women who are extremely entitled, it gives off the impression of you aren't appreciative, and no matter what I give, you're going to have the same, you're either going to have the, you're not going to be surprised, you'll be like, oh, well, shoot, I deserve that. That's what I should get. Or you're going to be disappointed. That is it. Mm -hmm. But when you have somebody who doesn't really ask for anything and is only looking at, okay, well, I'm just glad for, let's just talk about in the context of the ring, that I'm glad he was even, he even wanted to even be with me. And you're just like, well shit. No, nah, I'm not gonna I know I had a vision of I'm gonna pay four thousand dollars. What if I give her a little bit more? Man, I know she'd be ecstatic. If I give her this, she would be even more ecstatic. If I give her that, she'd be even more ecstatic. It is just a level is like a, it's like a like a jolt in your back that says This woman had an idea. And all she wanted to do was just be with me, and I can even make her even more happy. Oh, I'm gonna do everything I can, mm. cause it, cause it's, it's it, it, cause then it, it kind of it brings me joy that I'm making you happy, and not that I'm giving something that you felt you were entitled to. So I'm just giving to, giving it to you because that's what you
1: think you deserve, <laughs> and that's what you want.
2: It's Britt Renee Lee, host of the Goddess Glow Up podcast, where we are growing secure in love and relationships by first learning to secure ourselves, ladies, okay? That's what I call a glow up. Now today, just in time for Valentine's Day, we have a special treat. I had the pleasure of sitting down with my good friends, Blake and Ashley, who are newly engaged. They came on to share a little bit of their love story and their lessons in growing in love. Blake especially drops a few gold nuggets you won't want to miss, especially if you're a woman in search of a life partner. So without further ado, let's get to it. We'll do
0: this, baby. (laughs) Go ahead. All
2: right, so whoever wants to start, name, age, and what you do.
1: Well, my name is Ashley. Ashley. I am 28 years old, and currently I am National Social Media Marketing Manager for United Negro College Fund.
0: My name is Blake. I am currently a cybersecurity analyst uh, working for the government. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I am uh, 30 years old.
2: Cool. How'd you guys meet?
0: I'll let you tell a story.
1: <laughs> so, I went out with my friend who was celebrating her birthday, and she invited one of her friends, who's friends with Blake. He didn't want to come by himself, so he invited Blake to come along with him. And so, we were all just in this VIP area of this club. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I mean, that's the truth. And we were introduced that way. VIP.
2: What'd you say?
0: It was free, I was in day VIP. <laughs>
2: This
1: is a strip club?
0: This is a strip club. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean it was only ten dollars to get into the VIP, but it was VIP nonetheless.
0: Touche, I definitely. So y'all still
1: fancy. It.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. And um from that point on, how long was it before you guys like started dating? Um like what happened? You asked her out at Fuego's? So
0: actually, uh, she needed a ride home and I just offered to give her a ride. Uh okay. And uh, But throughout the whole time we were there, you know, we were talking, we were connecting. Uh, it was, it was, even though we were in the strip club, we still had a good conversation, because really, we weren't really focused on the strippers or the strip club or anything of that nature. Um, and yeah, so when I offered to take her home, especially when she got out the car, I asked her for her number and hopefully keep in contact. Uh, now, for until we actually started talking and dating, that was probably about two weeks, because where I was working at, I couldn't have my phone so it was, so even it was kind of hard to like really keep in real good kind of uh, communication so it was totally my
1: fault
0: 110% my fault, but we finally went out after about two weeks and just asking for a couple of drinks um, and that night I think we really really hit it off, it was a really good no, not that type of hit but, uh, yeah, that didn't happen until later uh, but for me because one of the things that I, I'm really big on is not always just focusing on where you meet someone. It's mm-hmm. just the energy that you guys share. Definitely. Um, so even us the fact that we met into a strip club, that, that didn't really bother me at all. Because uh, that whole time we were there, I mean, we had great conversation. And it was just pretty much just us just kind of focused on each other. And just, we just enjoyed each other's company.
2: Why would that be a an issue, I guess, where you met? Have you heard that before? That... If you meet somebody somewhere, it's like I don't know, is it a stigma attached to that, or is the relationship doomed or something?
1: I mean, you know, they always say you can't find love in the club, but oh, okay. it's a lie because I found my husband.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of people who found love in the club, and they are still well,
1: together.
0: Well, for me, it was always because I've always told people uh, at that time. Of course, I was single, so people I've always asked people have always asked for for advice on different type of things of that nature, and I've always told them like. Where you find it, it is weird. That's where you find it. Don't try to get caught up on, okay, I had to meet you at the library, or I had to meet you at work or at the coffee shop or wherever it is, because those are the the ideal places to meet somebody. Mm. Um, When you kind of, like, just kind of put yourself in a box for where you can meet people, I think you miss out on people that can be really special. Right.
2: And then you have those people that do only go to the clubs, though, and they are looking for love and not finding it. So what do you think you say to someone in that situation? Because I do know a couple of people like that as well, who hang out in the same type of areas and do the same type of things and they're looking for something and not getting it. So, you know.
1: Well, one, I don't think you should look for love. I think you should try to make sure that you're doing everything that you're supposed to do for yourself. Um, but of course, if you're interested in a relationship, you should diversify where you're going because mm-hmm. I know like in D.C., if I'm in the club, if I'm going to the club every weekend, I end up seeing the same people, the same kind of people, mm-hmm. so it would be best for me to switch the game up, go to some different things, go to some different happy hours, maybe go to different parts of the city, mm-hmm. because then you're going to get a little bit more variety and you put yourself in a position to actually meet somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay,
2: did you want to add anything to that story, Ashley? Since Blake mostly answered how you guys met and all that, I don't know. you good on that he did a great answer? Job, yeah, <laughs> he was very thoughtful in asking me to be his girlfriend.
1: He took me to a special brunch on the water, and he like had this whole spiel about how awesome I was. Oh, and it was She's so. I don't think right now. No, it was so very very sweet, and he like asked me, asked me. It wasn't really? like that awkward period of. What are we? What are we doing? Yeah. I don't really know. No pressuring sudden, him into. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't like all of a sudden he just like told one of his friends, "Yeah, this is my girlfriend," and then I'm looking like what? Mm-hmm. He made it official, official.
0: Which is which is actually for me was a little quicker than usually what I move, but. I guess for me I, I don't know if it's just because of being in the D.C. area or what but generally you hear the same spew of how women act or how they talk and etc yeah. and most of it just wasn't what I was looking for in a woman uh, I just didn't want to always hear about what I needed to do for them for her she always talked what she could do for me yeah. and it was, just, it was a totally different energy for me and it was something that was extremely refreshing um, and it wasn't just shown through words it was shown through action uh so i i definitely uh it was one of those times where i just said why waste it um this is somebody who i'm obviously have a good, good connection with so i need to take her off the market
2: that was my follow-up question was you know how did you even get to that point of asking you that so my next question would be in your mind what set you up to do it that way to make it such a a statement pretty much and how he went after recording you, because that is something that's really foreign to mostly everyone these days. It's like a really old school way of thinking, at least to me, I don't hear about that happening a lot. So like, where did you learn that? Was that something that you always did like in past relationships too, or was that just with Ashley? Were you taught this growing up, like by your father? I don't know. Uh,
0: For me, no, I didn't. It's not something that I guess I would say I was taught uh I guess I got it your movies okay um because generally I was the one who would wait and just kind of see okay where is this going like when I say how fast I move but actually was it was different mm-hmm. um but generally I would probably just wait until she may says she may say something or if I don't know or we did get to a point where we just we just kind of call in each other girlfriend and boyfriend because I didn't really feel as if she really wanted me or what I could provide. Um, So I I guess, I guess subconsciously I was putting to a point where it was, I need to, you need to show me that you actually really like me and I I never really got that. So I kind of just took my time and and really never made a move. But after just talking to her, she's extremely corny (laughs) Uh, and I knew that she would appreciate it. Yeah. And in that that way, because just hearing her talk about the type of things that she likes and uh, movies She's and et cetera, she was. So I thought, okay, this would be something that she would appreciate. So definitely try to give that to her.
2: What are you thinking, Ashley? What, what brought you to the point where you were like, yeah, this is somebody that I would like to be in a relationship with and... Because he said for him it was the fact that you were giving, you were talking about what you could provide for him, not what you could just take from him like he felt a lot of other women had done in the past. What do you think it was on your end?
1: Blake is a lot of things that I am not. Mm -hmm. And that was very attractive. It's a double-edged sword because he's not really emotional. um, But he has grown into that person. But so, like, Blake drives a Jaguar. Mm -hmm. And I figured that out. The first night we met. But my mindset wasn't, oh, he's got lots of money because he's got a Jaguar. Because we had also talked and he told me that he had a house. So my mindset was, he must be really great with money, which for me is an awesome thing because I'm just okay with money. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll pay my bills and then I'll spend on whatever Mm -hmm. and, you know, pray until the next paycheck, (laughs) which he's helping me out with that. Um, But the way he carried himself, though, he had a lot of characteristics where I could tell that he was going to be somebody that would make sure that everything was always taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then even when, because I'm very Southern, I kind of think that, you know, men should work and stuff and that I, they shouldn't have to, like, clean up or do anything like that. He would look at me like I had five heads, and he would be like, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to help, and I want to do this. And sometimes I really still wish he would just sit down, but (laughs) him not taking advantage of that and then demanding that I go and cook because he's hungry at 2 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. was very refreshing.
2: That's beautiful because a lot of men would just (laughs) take advantage of that and be like, oh, thanks, baby. But yeah, I do know that Blake, I remember from our conversation in the past, when he was saying that, you know, he's used to things being 50-50, because I think what you saw in your household growing yeah. up, yeah.
0: Because I know, I know for me, uh, I'm real big on never ask what you can do yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to ask a woman to, let's say hypothetically, because she spoke up, uh, get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go complete something to eat, i would at least be able to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm not really big on, I guess, gender roles. I'm really big on doing things together, um, because I, because that's kind of how I grew up, where both my parents, if they're washing dishes, they're washing dishes together. And a lot of times I hear about a lot of families who mom washes dishes, dad is you know making money, and et cetera, but I don't never see them do anything together. And so you kind of have to force your way to say, okay, we gotta have date night because we haven't really talked or spent any time together. And I just, I really wanted to, I didn't want that norm for me.
2: Beautiful. That is beautiful. That's not how we live. Straight like that. What do you mean? This is my crazy husband talking in the background. No, you, know, you got to speak up, baby. What'd you say?
0: <clears throat> no, I'm saying we don't live like that. But you're 100% right with what you just said though. Like the date night stuff like that. 100%. I work all the time. And it's like, yo, we ain't spend time together in no a minute. Let's go do something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Rather than we did something together like that you know have a conversation Mm -hmm. that would
2: make sense I think that's a great point too it's like you know we look at it like we have to spend time together doing certain things otherwise it's not like quality time when actually yeah cleaning together or cooking a meal together or doing this stuff is quality time why do we have to like define it in watching a movie or you know having sex (laughs) that type of thing and you're talking about like your your upbringing so I do want to ask what are just one thing for both of you. It could be more than one thing, I don't care, but just something that stands out in your mind that you learned growing up from your household, your family, your parents, whatever, that you felt like you had to kind of unlearn and or that you embraced, you know, that actually worked for you. So like one or the other, or you could answer both. It doesn't matter.
1: For me it's definitely the idea of having gender roles. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I don't feel like I should ever have to touch the trash like period Mm, I'll fill it up with everything in the whole house (laughs) because I don't think you should have to he should have to clean but I don't feel like I should have to take it out it infuriates Blake if I act like hey the trash needs to go out not because he doesn't mind taking the trash out but he feels like I should not ask him to take the trash out and not be willing to do it myself so we're working on it okay
0: we're not working on it I ain't working on her to the point where she can take out the trash <laughs> by herself. Did I or
1: did I not take the trash?
0: Yes, out? she did. It was beautiful.
1: You oh, it was see? so sexy. Growth. Oh,
0: I came home and the trash was already it was out. So oh, sexy. It, it, it caught me off guard. <laughs> but for me, one of the biggest things that I took away from my family was, or just for my mother and father was, there is nothing a man can do that a woman can't do, there's nothing a woman that a man can do that a woman can't do. They are equal. In every part, except when it comes to, of course, creating a baby, um, which is, of course, I'm definitely not trying to diminish it. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we get into this view of that women are weaker than men. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a house where my mother was just as strong, uh, and it was it was where for my mother and father, how I always looked at them was. Both of them separate are dangerous, but both of them together, I fear anybody. I, I'm scared of anybody who has to, have to deal with both of them together because they're scary. Because mm. my dad has a way of of just dissecting any problem and finding the flaws in it. My mother has a way of just attacking a situation and coming out on top. You put two it, but both of that together, leave them man so and that's always what i looked at in what i wanted in a relationship which is reason why i always never want to do things uh separately because you have to learn how to work together and those are little small things of just washing dishes and so we don't step on each other's toes or anything right. you can find out a lot about 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 you too. so yeah that's Definitely. that's one of the things i really learned i plan
2: on a team that's amazing and um So you just gave one for what you had to unlearn, which was the gender roles. Pretty much saying the exact opposite. So that's great that you balanced each other out in that way. Very complimentary. Mm -hmm. What was the other part of that question that I asked? What you learned that you held on to. That held on to. Yeah.
1: Um, Something that I learned that had to hold on that I've held on to is that, especially as. Blake and I are entering this new space where you know we're engaged, we're getting married. My parents, they come first before anybody else. Okay. Even before <laughs> us, my as I say us, I mean like my brother and myself. Mm-hmm. And so now that things are official and becoming permanent, that's something that I definitely plan on taking into my marriage just making sure that I am prioritizing my husband <laughs> and making sure that his needs and desires are taken care of before, you know, even mine or our children, friends, our parents, mm-hmm. all that.
0: Uh, for me, uh well, one of the things I get from with the whole thing um, my mom being strong and how they work together—that's one thing I held on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things in which I had to unlearn—and I don't know if this was part of how I grew up or just the, my pessimistic nature—was that I saw how my parents worked together. So I was—I'm like, pretty sure I can't get that. So I made myself to a point where I am extremely self-sufficient in all fronts, mm-hmm. and it made it difficult to me for to work with others. And right now, I'm, I think I'm doing a very, a, a pretty good job at it. But just because I'm doing a very good job I me, mean, I can't get better at it. And it is really learning to trust your partner in everything. And just because it's not on the same timeline as yours or the same method, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to unlearn. Um, and Every day, I'm, I'm like, I'm working on it constantly. Because you can even talk about the conversation we had today where she just spoke for me and said, this is what Blake is trying to say and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it's, sometimes even if I know what I want to say, she has a different way of connecting with people and actually having saying something that's going to resonate with them that I'm not able to. Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful.
1: Beautiful.
2: <laughs> what do you think? How how does your partner make you better?
1: Whew. So, as I mentioned earlier, one, I am just not amazing with money. hmm However, money runs like everything. You know, we like to say you can't buy happiness, but, you know, I'd rather cry in a house than <laughs> on the street. Yeah. So, that's one thing, just something tangible. But when you want to go to something that isn't so tangible, he 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 may he forces me to reevaluate the way I interact with people Mm -hmm. I can be slightly strong and assertive in my dealings with people in a way that some might consider to be snappy or you know an asshole and to me it doesn't bother me It doesn't bother me at all but And no one's ever really challenged me on it. They just are like, oh, well, that's just who she is. Mm -hmm. So either you take it or leave it. And that's been my reaction to people too. Like, you don't, I don't need your friendship. You can just not be friends with me and I'll be be fine. (laughs) But Blake has really challenged me to um, reevaluate my tone, my volume, because I'm also naturally very loud. And it's not that I'm not sweet, it's just I have my moments and I can really take it there and I'll go all the way. (laughs) And so it's definitely made me a better people person because of that.
0: So just piggybacking on what she said, she always has great intentions, never has any ill intentions for anybody. But sometimes results can be a little different than her intentions. And so that's just really what I try try to get her to understand sometimes. Cause it's not like she doesn't make friends. She makes too many friends, if you want to be If you were to ask me, but uh, sometimes she can come on a little strong, and I understood where how she was because that's how I am. In some cases, where I can come on strong, uh, and then be a little off putting until someone gets to know me. And so my different difference is that's my intentions. I don't, I'm not really trying to go in there and make people feel yeah yeah. I'm I'm going there just like this is who I am and Mm -hmm. you accept it but for me uh one of the things that she really she's like teaching me is just on how to connect with people differently whereas I'm not very emotional um so how I talk is void of emotion I don't really I'm not really using anything where it's is uh, where well, I'm considering your feelings. I'm just doing. I'm all facts based. This is this, this is what it is. If you don't like it, oops. Right. And because I always were, I always thought that feelings were something where it's not. It doesn't create bridges. It destroys bridges. And what I'm finding now that emotions can be in a, a big part of how you connect with people. Um, and I'm slowly learning that because that is something that I've been dealing. I haven't been good at for a very long time because I'm just not very tactful. And I'm learning how to be, be better at that.
2: Where's there a moment that you can remember in your relationship up till now? How long have you been together? Just to have that little detail. Mm,
0: two and a half years. Okay. A little bit more than that.
2: So within these past two and a half years, about can you like pinpoint a time where you knew that the other was the one?
0: Well, for me, it was when I realized that there was a different way. And it, because it, it, for me, I, I guess I'm pretty confident in how I do things because I'm pretty successful at most of the things I do. Um, so, and but in that can, it can close you off to different methods or, okay. or different ways of handling things and for her to be able to teach me. And I'm not talking about as in, okay, you let me, something because I've heard it before but really to the point where you understand it and it's something that can almost in a way be a different avenue and just open up several doors for you that you didn't even see before Mm -hmm. and because you were just blocked off for whatever reason Mm -hmm. so that's when I knew that this was yeah this is going to be something special and she was definitely more
2: that makes me so happy (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Um,
1: I'm trying to think of a concrete moment that was like a pivotal moment. I can honestly say that I've had, when I met him, I knew it was very, very different. I knew that he was very different. And when he and I got together, I told my friends, I was like, this is it. like Mm -hmm. That's a wrap. I'm not dating anybody else. This is going to be my husband. Now, he definitely challenged that a lot because he speaks in very hypothetical languages. And he's, he spoke in the hypothetical until we got engaged. Which, yeah. you know, for someone who's super emotional isn't yeah. always the best. It put me in like a state of uncertainty the
2: a lot. of limbo, yeah.
1: But I, yeah, I knew as soon as we got together that this was a wrap. This was it
0: kind of hard to
1: resist all this chocolatey goodness
2: what was your biggest dating struggle or yeah i guess it might be more than one but like the ones that you were constantly running into or you know we didn't really date yeah so i don't really know a lot about like dating especially nowadays with all of the distractions and the options everything with social media like what do you think was your biggest hurdle to overcome to get to this point? You
0: want me to go first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so I never had an issue with the whole dating scene because like I said, I am a pessimist. So I always came in with preconceived notions that this was going to be an issue. I would have some problems or whatever. Sheesh. Um, but one of our biggest struggles was in our way of communicating and how we relayed messages. She would get caught up on i am I'm not somebody who talks and and there is a deeper meaning or there's an underlining meaning behind it. Yeah. I say exactly what I said, mm-hmm. don't go any further in it mm-hmm. um and for her, she always went further mm-hmm. and it never was the right never was the right message she took it to a level of just like yeah, I wasn't even on there
2: when you say her who are you? Okay. Uh, my fiance. Okay,
0: Ashley. I didn't know if you were speaking
2: on her or something. Okay. No, no,
0: no. So th- that that was like one of our biggest challenges in just, and on top of that because she's emotional, I really wasn't, when I spoke to her I had no emotion behind it. So for her, she's like oh my god, he's cold. Um, he has no tact, <laughs> And he's, he, he can be a little nicer. Why does he have to say it like that? I'm like, well I'm saying it because I don't want you to assume. Mm -hmm. Because every time you assume, it's never right. I mean, that's just anybody. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest challenge. And I think we still have that challenge today. Well, We're getting better at it. But I think that is going to be a long process that was, I mean, that's with any relationship. Communication is always going to be your biggest challenge. But that is probably ours.
2: That's a significant challenge between men and women, period. You guys just communicate and synthesize information much differently than we do. So it's like a constant, like, yeah. But anyway, you go ahead. What do you think?
1: Oh, no, that was it.
2: That was it? Oh, you yes. say the same thing?
1: Oh, yes. It's uh-huh. 100% um, communication. Because anything else that I can think of, you, nine times out of ten, it still falls under that same umbrella of communi- communication. The, way, the different ways we communicate. Mm-hmm. hmm
2: If you had to pick one piece of advice for, like you were saying earlier, someone who's looking for love, um, like the younger generation wants to find love, wants what you have, right? Your couple goals, relationship goals, yes. Black love, yes. (laughs) What would that be? You know, what do you think from your perspective? you tell someone looking to follow down your track. They're looking for that one for them.
1: So, and this is going to go against what a lot of people say. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think you need to be specific in what you want. Before I got with Blake, I made a list of everything that I wanted and everybody who saw my list of the things that I wanted told me I was looking for baby Jesus. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm going to find it. And I did. Like, literally, I was very, very specific. Mm -hmm. And I got everything that I wanted. And I think sometimes people settle because they think that they can't have what they want. I was realistic. I wasn't sitting up here saying that I wanted somebody who was, you know, a multimillionaire, but I wanted somebody who had a good stable job and who was committed to whatever work he was doing Mm -hmm. and you know things like that I was very practical but I was unrelentless and here I am now about to be his message
2: (laughs) did you have a list that you wrote down or was this just all in your head like did you actually because I know some people actually like make a list
1: I made a list but I did not um like it wasn't something I made and I like posted mm-hmm. and like
2: my dream man. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. do
1: anything like that. But I made like I made a very because people would ask me, Well, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I could rattle off the list mm-hmm. very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he had to be black.
2: Number one. Go ahead, baby. She dreamed it. She manifested you, Blake. It's basically what she's saying.
0: Imagine. Shut up. This is actually a topic. I can go on for hours, but I won't. But so one of the things that, and I I don't know, I guess, for instance, just coming from a man's perspective in terms of what a woman is Mm -hmm. or what he needs from a woman, you have to learn how to separate yourself Mm -hmm. from the crowd. Uh, And always try to work towards being better not as I'm going to look for what I want, but I'm not going to improve myself. Um, don't always wait for, okay, let's say I want a man with a house or whatever you come up with. You can work to get that those things your own. You don't have to wait for another individual to get the, those things with. Um, and then when you when you do have it, don't always test them. Um, and, and when I say that, I don't mean as a, you don't always have to, you know, try to put them in awkward situations and seeing how they swim out of it. I think that is something that I believe a lot of people do, and it's not just a, a woman; thing, that's a man thing too, where we try to put them in uncomfort- uncomfortable situations. Okay, okay, how are they going to flourish? How are they going to? Uh, they come out stronger, or are they just going to come out weaker, or vice versa. Um, so for me, that was that's probably one of the biggest things for me. You just learn how to separate yourself from, from the crowd, because it's because if you got if you got a man who is who whatever your list is, I'm pretty sure that's the same list everybody else got. Yeah. And so you got 20 people going after this one man, and now he got 20 different selections, and he looking like, shoot, all 20 y'all the same. Well, I, I guess I could just pick one of you, but if you got that one out of the 19 that that really makes her makes herself stand out. That's going to be the one he's going to choose. So
1: what yes. advice do you
0: have for men? For men? You just
2: gave advice to women. Well, I mean... It's good <laughs> Cause a lot of women are listening to this and they need to hear that, you know, coming from a man. But, yeah, do you...
0: Well, for, from uh, from a man it is be the person not in which... I, I, I want to phrase this right so it doesn't sound so tasteless.
2: <laughs> just uh, say it.
0: So... Don't be somebody who is not self-sufficient. Don't be the person where all of a sudden you bring you bring a woman into a situation and then you can't handle and yet you're expecting her to get you out of it. Uh, and, and, and that could be anything where it is where let's say you're having job issues and yet now she's having job issues and you're looking at her like, well, shoot, you got to help me get out of this job issues and now you both are in the same situation. And yet you're looking at her to be the one to be the catalyst to propel you to be whoever you are. Um, and and I, I see that a lot in guys where it's, it's the same thing for women. But I mean, but for guys, it is. I, I need that extra push. Don't plan for the next day, plan for the next five years. Uh, and I think that will be the person where sometimes we we focus on those small intangibles like cars and et cetera but we don't focus on something that's going to really stabilize yourself and the person you're with so you can create something with.
2: Sounds good. Hey, so at this point, we're pretty much wrapping up the interview, but we started having like these little side conversations and then communication came up. And uh, I really wanted to use this because I feel like Blake brings up a great point about women and men and how we communicate and misunderstand each other so frequently. So here you go. When it comes to
0: communication,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think that has always been, I don't even know if this is a, between a man and woman or just people in general. Listening is extremely difficult because just because I heard what you said, you be exactly you because sometimes my comprehension is with the psychological noise of okay, he said this, then my mind travels to the, okay, this is what he's trying to say, and you're trying to find some undertone behind it, yeah. then all of a sudden, the interpretation of what the man or what the woman has actually said has been taken out of context to the point where it's been twisted and formed to something where it can be negative, it can be uh remorseful, it can be anything where it's never the true true message at all um and so sometimes even just listening to your partner can be difficult because mm-hmm. I have to now learn not how only how I communicate, mm-hmm. but how they truly communicate. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to sit there and put my own twist onto it. I can just simply just listen to, okay, ah, this is what she really trying to say. That's why when she was sitting there in the car going about what I was saying and et cetera, yeah. Trust me, I drilled that into her because it was just like because that was one of our biggest things where it was she will always hear something different, and I always have to I have to break it down. It's like okay, this is how always this is what I'm really trying to say. This is what you're hearing. I hear what I hear what you. I understand where you got that that uh, that end result. It is not what I was trying to say at all, mm-hmm. and you're doing the exact same thing in which I find that most people do with me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where. They kind of take what I say and they kind of twist it to the point where it's just like, oh, Blake's an asshole. It's like, nah. Blake just told you some real ass yeah, shit. Yeah, a
2: lot of people don't communicate that directly. A lot of people are very indirect with what they're trying to say. So then we're used to having to break down what mm-hmm. <laughs> what what somebody what they said versus what they really meant. It's messy. Mm-hmm. Passive aggressionism is yeah, oh, real out man. here. Hey, that's so. an
0: art form now. <laughs>
2: That's a must have. So that. you're the foreign person. and It's like you re- you said that. That's what you really meant?
0: Now, now, uh, oh, oh, yeah. that that, really, <laughs> that Oh, that caught her on guard. Like,
2: okay. Because I used
0: to always tell everybody, everybody would be like, yeah, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah, that's mm-hmm, not believable. They
0: don't, they don't. No, I don't know anybody who does that. Mm-hmm. Who says what they say? No. Who really says what they mean? No.
2: Mm-mm. Okay. So, we're coming up on the final segment of the interview, and it is one of my favorite parts of the interview, where we talk about women's expectations. Now, I was really um, interested in this part because this is something that I talk about with women so often, and I really wanted to get a male point of view on this exact topic. So, let's go.
0: I really do understand where women are coming from. There's so many ain't shit (laughs) individuals. It's a lot. I mean, they come in abundance. I mean, literally, they come in waves of of packs of of hundred. They come like wolves. I really do understand. But the problem is that you also part of that wolf pack. So yeah, you sitting there talking about these ain't shit individuals, it's just like, well, you ain't shit. So now all of a sudden you got this expectation it. where it is, I want, I don't want that ain't shit individual. I want the other individual over there who is shit. But yet I'm still living because I ain't shit. So it's like, so it, it's. It, the expectations is like, okay, that's why I'm a firm believer in never ask for what you aren't. And I, don't, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I should even take it further. Don't ask what you aren't or, or what you're not willing to do. So, a lot of times, when every time I hear, like when, when Ashley said, she was talking about where, which I understand where she's coming from, where she's made a list and all her friends looking at her like, well, shoot, you want black Jesus. Well, from When you got a lot of brothers who ain't shit Of course you can see what I do And think that okay this is that great Me personally I don't think it's that great But back to women Women will Say I want A man who let's just throw out Random statistics or not statistics or Random things on my list I want a man who makes six figures I want a man who is six one I want a man who dresses nice I want a man who is sweet I want a man who can cook I want a man who got his own house. I want a man who drives not a car, but a nice car. I, I need a man who ain't got no kids. Or if he do got kids, he better have a cold-ass baby mama that we might actually even be able to connect with. So, yes, that's why I could like baby Jesus. Some of them things are, are absolutely ridiculous. But the thing is, is that you want all those things, but you don't make six figures. Shit, you barely make $30,000 uh, a uh, oh, a year. Dear, dear. Um, you don't dress nice now. Just because your girls tell you you dress nice, does he think you dress nice? Yeah. Um, don't have your own house, your car. You don't know how to take care of it, and it's it's a you know it's a four focus. But you're looking for an individual to, with a Mercedes, and and yet you want that individual to look at you as you are worth the things that he can give to you. And then in response, you're like, okay, we're equal. He's already gonna look at you as okay, we're not even on equal footing. Right. You're somebody who I I am nothing more than a benefactor. And yet you want me to look as if you look at you as if you benefit that you are a benefit to me. You have nothing to you have nothing for me. And it's when it says manage your expectation, it is don't go to a point where you're like, I want something that I can't even obtain myself. Or even if I can't, I have it, Because one of the things I always hear from women is, okay, just like with the whole shivery thing, a man should always say so he should take you out and et cetera, and they're looking at you like, well, I can take myself out. Okay, bet. You can take yourself out. But can you take both of us out? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm taking me out and I'm taking you out. And not only can you take us both out, are you willing to take us both out? And I don't mean as in I took you out 20 times and yet you take me out once and be like, oh, it's the same. No, <laughs> that ain't saying. But that's only that, that. That is my as short as I can make
2: it spew. So there you have it. We've gotten to the end of Ashley and Blake's interview. Um, they shared several gold nuggets about managing expectations, about being intentional, about bossing up or glowing up on your own before uh trying to dive into a long-term commitment about the things that they learned and had to unlearn or they learned to keep in order to have a successful relationship so I hope that you got something good out of this interview because I had so much fun talking to them and I think that so much worthy information was revealed in it honestly um And if you like this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Uh, We'll have more coming up next week. If you are able to give a five-star rating, I'd appreciate it. Any review that is left on the podcast will be shouted out in the next episode, all right? So thank you so much for kicking it with me on the Goddess Glow Up podcast, and I'll see you next time. Bye.